0: social media and on YouTube. And it's this video that came out of Australia. I think it has about 800 views on it right now. And it's News 9 anchors. There's a lady named Amber Schnuck, or Sherlock and her co-anchor, Julie Schnook. Has anybody seen this video? What happens is Amber, it's kind of before they actually go on air, and Amber is throwing a conniption fit about the clothes that the three people that are going to go on air are wearing. And it's because it's Amber, Julie, and a guest. And the guest is a psychologist. So I think it's kind of funny if you watch this video, the psychologist is processing what's going on. But Amber is throwing this fit because they're all wearing white clothes. And she doesn't think that they all should be wearing white clothes. And although they're all wearing very different styles, it's obvious they're different styles, they all have white clothes. And Amber is like hammering Julie to go change. And they're just about to go on air. And she will not let it go. And there's some back and forth between the two. And after some obvious manipulation from Amber, Julie is handed a, a black jacket to put on over her white, her white outfit or her white clothing that she has on. And then they go on air and they act like they're best friends. And you can watch this video. It's you could add to add to the hits of it. Um and, and in this situation, here's what I as I watch the video, I recognize that amber saw that 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 newsroom as her world it was her place it was her world and everybody there was subjects to her authority and to her her world she's decided that julie had to change her clothes not her she starts talking like talking down to people about is there is there somebody from costume here get her a jacket just there's a jacket hanging on the door get her a jacket She's she's talking down to people as if they're subjects to her world. She had had determined that 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 newsroom was her kingdom and that she was going to rule it. And like that situation, here's what I want to suggest. I want to suggest that in our lives, we have all set up our kingdoms that we rule and we govern in our life. It may not be as rude as how Amber was controlling her kingdom. You may not talk down to people, but you've created your environment that's your kingdom that you don't let people break into, and you rule it. Here's, here's, here's part of my kingdom. I realized this a few weeks ago. Part of my kingdom is my car. When I get into my car, I can slide right in because the seat is adjusted perfectly. Now, I don't do like the thug life thing, but I do like to kick my seat back just a little bit for comfort, and I have the steering wheel. I always adjust the steering wheel so it's, you know, right here, because I drive 10 and 2 proper, right? And I could see my gauges as well as see over, over the steering wheel. So I have my steering wheel adjusted just perfectly. My mirrors are perfect so I can see from all directions what, what I'm, what's behind me. It's my kingdom. When I have turned the car on, the radio station is playing at a volume that is perfect for my age and my ears, and the temperature controls are set perfectly. And I know when somebody has entered into my kingdom. And because we have other drivers in our home, we share cars sometimes. And sometimes my daughter Morgan will take my car to the store. My wife will drive my car. And, and the other day I got in my car and I instantly realized somebody had, had stepped into my kin- kingdom and made adjustments. I, I realized as I slid it and I'm, I'm chewing on the steering wheel. And so I, I get the seat adjusted back. And, you know, I okay, somebody messed with my mirrors. And then I turn the key on. And this noise starts blaring through the speakers. That's not my style, at my volume. It's that rock and roll these kids listen to these days, you know. And then, you know, as the car warms up, I realize I'm, I'm sweating. I'm already a sweaty person. I sweat. And the, the heat was all the way up. Some, somebody had entered into my kingdom and had tried to take control of my kingdom. Anybody have that experience? It, can anybody pinpoint, do you, I mean, when I talk about this, do you know what your kingdom is? What is your kingdom? Last week, we started on this journey. And what this journey was, was a journey to, to take all the talk that we've been having about loving God. You know, one of, the, one of the things Jesus told us to do is love God. Love God with everything that you are. And, we, and we've been talking about that a lot. Over the past couple of years, we've talked about loving God. We, we read about loving God. We sing about loving God. And, and and the plan was that we would take all this talk about loving God and actually start loving God. There's a noble idea that followers of Jesus will actually start loving God. And so, so in order to do that, we started to say, how, how can we love God? If, if I tell you, go love God, how can you love God? Do you have the tools in your toolbox that would equip you to actually love God, the way we talk about loving God? And so we, we started to talk about that, and we entered into this into this kind of this this track of, of thinking about, how do we love God? And we find that Jesus, with his disciples, they asked him a very specific question one time. They said, teach us how to pray. What they had saw was that Jesus would, would slip away by himself, spend time with his father, and then they, they would come, he would come back. And they recognized that something was taking place between him and the Father. And they wanted to be a part of that. They wanted to, to know what was going on. And that's where we land in the, in the scripture that we're going to look at over the next few weeks. It's Matthew chapter nine or chapter 6. And, and it's the Lord's Prayer. Jesus teaches them what we know to be called the Lord's Prayer. And let me read it. This is what it says. He, Jesus says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We sung about that today. Verse 11 says, give us today the food we need, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And last week, we started by unpacking verse 9. And if you remember, when Jesus teaches his disciples to pray like that, and when he gives us the teaching, he's actually inviting us to, to leave this this relationship that we might see God as the big pie in the sky, as a corporate boss, as a slave driver, and he's inviting us to enter into a relationship of prayer and of, of, of loving God the way he has the relationship. He's inviting us into the inner circle, if you will. He has gone off and spent time with God. His disciples have watched that, and they said, we want what you have. When you come back, we see the value of what's taken place when you go off and spend time with your father. And we want what you have. And so, so, the, so this, this, this model that Jesus has, is teaching us is an invitation to enter in to an intimate relationship with the father. And verse 9 starts off by saying our father in heaven. And here's what we impact with that. That when we come to God, we come to him like a child comes to their daddy. That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, approach him the way a child approaches their father, their dad, their papa. You, you, you don't have to come with a bunch of, of really cool words to say. You don't have to pray long prayers. You don't, have to, you don't have to measure up to a certain standard. You just come and talk to your father. And that's what verse 9 says. And then verse 9 says, may your, may, um, your name be kept holy. And when we, when we see that, what, what we see is just as, as, as equal as God is our Father, He's also our King. He's also number one in our life. He's, he's premier. He's the one that, that we put first in our life. And that's what kind of simp, simply what we impact with, with verse 9. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. We ended with this, with this tool that you would take just that one verse, and you would commit to spending two minutes a day just praying that verse. That you would, you, would, you would spend part of those two minutes just really focusing on God as your father, as your dad, as the one that wants to embrace you, the one that wants to hold you. And that you would take the other part of the two minutes and focus on placing God as number one in the throne room of your life, that he is before anything else. And, and I, I know that many of you guys did that. I got a couple emails this past week. I stopped in at a coffee shop that Shelby, where Shelby? She's hiding there. Raise your hand, Shelby. Shelby works at a coffee shop. I stopped at the coffee shop. The um, morning rush had been done. So she was sitting in the back, and I, I perceived, because I think she's really spiritual, that she was reading her Bible. Now, I asked her, were you reading your Bible? And she said, no, she was watching a TV show. But, um, but I was really hoping I, that she was reading her Bible. But So we talked, and she made me a drink. And as I'm walking out the door, Shelby said, hey, Tom, two minutes, two minutes. And I thought, that's encouraging. Here's a, here's a girl that's spending two minutes a day with Jesus, with her father. Now, I don't know what her, what her prayer life was like before. I don't know how much time she spent. But I know she spent like 14 minutes with God this week. Two minutes a day. We, we started with two minutes on Sunday, and if she carried through, it was 14 minutes. How many of you guys spent 14 minutes with God throughout the week just loving God, just saying, my Father, hold me. God, you are holy in my life. And so, and so that, that, that challenge was put out there, and the challenge is going to continue today. So we're going to move into verse number 10. Okay, verse number 10 says this. It says, may your kingdom come soon, May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Again, we sung about that. We don't just pick songs randomly. We actually like are very specific about our song selection based on what we're, what we're talking about. So like last week, there's two parts to this verse. May your kingdom come and may your will be done. So let's just simply unpack the two parts. So may your kingdom come. When we pray God, that God's kingdom will come, we are opening a giant can of worms. Like the... The, the, what we're asking for is probably greater than what we could ask for because we're asking God, would you come and would you reign and rule on this earth? Will you take over with your kingdom on this earth? We're asking God to bring peace that the world doesn't see. We're, we're asking God to, for righteousness. We're asking God to heal everybody who's wounded, who has, who has physical, who has, who has emotional Woundings. We're asking God to come in and do a mighty work. We're asking God to do a lot of things, and it's probably something that we need to talk about in more depth down the track. But for the point of where we're at about loving God, I just want to kind of talk about what what does it mean when we say, "God, may Your kingdom come in my life." And Jesus, Jesus, when He came on the scene, the kingdom of God was the number one thing that came out of his mouth. It was always on his lips. And when Jesus talked about the kingdom of God, first he brought the message of the kingdom of God. He brought the message. Mark 1.15 says this. He brought a message of, of telling us that it's some, the kingdom of God is something for us to get ready for. He said, the time promised by God has come at last. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. So the kingdom of God is something to get ready for as we enter in. Jesus taught that the kingdom of God was more valuable than anything else and that we should be seeking it. In Matthew, he tells us this this story. He says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovers hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy that field. Think about that. Jesus, off the lips of Jesus, he says... Everything that you would own, go sell it so you can, you can go buy this field. And that's, that's what's equal to the kingdom of God. It's worth everything that you would have. Nothing is more valuable than the kingdom of God. Do you, do you see the weight of when we pray, God, may your kingdom come, what we're asking for, something extremely valuable. Jesus taught that the, the kingdom of God was also within our grasp. He says, one day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? Jesus replied, The kingdom of God can't be t- detected by visible signs. You can't go out and search for it and look for it here on earth. He said, You won't be able to say, Here it is or it's over there, for the kingdom of God is already among you. It's, it's in our grasp. Jesus taught the message of the kingdom of God. It was always on his lips. But he also brought the ministry of the kingdom of God. The ministry of the kingdom of God is when Jesus when Jesus prayed and a blind man saw, that was the kingdom of God breaking through. When, when, Jesus, when Jesus healed, when Jesus broke the bread and fed 5,000, he was bringing them the ministry of the kingdom of God. So Jesus brought the message of the kingdom of God, and Jesus brought the ministry of the kingdom of God. And this, this should be what we are seeking. We should be saying, God, may your kingdom come. Here at Branches, when we pray, because we pray that, God, your kingdom come, we sing about your kingdom come, we are talking about the message and the ministry of God's kingdom. We're saying, God, bring your kingdom so that those that don't know you, those that haven't said yes to you, will repent and come into relationship and come into your family and be adopted by you. So we're bringing a message saying, there's a relationship waiting for you with the Father, with the Son. You, you can come and say yes and let God be your king. That's the message that we're bringing when we, here at Branches when we talk about the kingdom of God. We talk about the ministry of the kingdom of God, like on Sunday mornings, on this morning at the end of service, when we say, if you need prayer for anything, come forward. We're talking about letting the kingdom of God come in and break through in your life through healing and through emotional fixing, through, through encouragement, through God, through God coming and doing work within you. That's what this, this ministry time is. that's what when we pray for people. we're asking for the message, the ministry, excuse me, of the kingdom of God to come and happen. And we need to understand that as followers of Christ, we are to be subject to the kingdom of God. So when we pray, "May your kingdom come," we are submitting ourselves to the reign and to the rule of God in our world. We're asking the Father to come and rule this land, but we're also asking the Father to come and rule in our lives as our king, as our Lord. So here's what, here's, here's what we need to do. We need to evaluate ourselves. As you pray, here's how I think most of us pray. Most of us pray that God would come to our kingdom. We don't pray, God, may your kingdom come so we could be a part of what, what it is. We pray, God, may, may you come and do work in my kingdom. Seriously, don't you think about that? When you pray, do you pray oftentimes that you want to correct God on how your life's going? Or you want to maybe advise God of how he should bless you or inform God of what's taking place in your life? I do. Hey, God, you know, finances are kind of tough right now. You know, if you would give me this job, then I can, you know, I can live the lifestyle that I've chosen I want to live. God, I like that guy. He's cute. Can you have him ask me out? I'm just making this stuff up as I go. <laughs> but you guys get my point, right? We, we, and we inform God, you know, hey, God, t- you know, my friend over there, times are rough. We're giving God, like, news. Instead of saying, God, will your kingdom come and, and you reign in this situation however you see fit? And I'm going to be subject to that. We ask for God's kingdom to come in our lives in, in the ministry of it. You know, I'm going to kind of tip my cards here about next week. I, I kind of made a connection, like put two dots together this week. I was reading about the children of Israel, and, you know, the promised land that they were wandering to, it says that it was flowing with milk and honey. It was a land flowing with milk and honey. It was an awesome place, right? And then I was reading about how God provided manna for them while they are in the wilderness. It was food to eat. And and the manna was this grainy stuff that they can pound down and turn into these little wafers. And it said that the wafers were like honey. And I just thought, wow, is that God giving the children of Israel a taste of the promised land that they're going to live in, that they're going to spend the rest of their life in? God, on the journey that they were on, God was giving them a taste of the honey that that would be flowing for them in the promised land. And, I, and I, I thought, when we ask for God to come and his kingdom to come, are we asking God for a taste of what it's going to be like when his, when his kingdom is fully established, fully revealed in the end times? And I think, yeah. I think, and, and that's the weight of what I was feeling. We were praying this morning for the service, and I just felt the weight of the kingdom of God is probably more than we can handle. But God, bring your kingdom. Bring us a taste of what what we're walking towards. Bring us a taste of what you're guiding us to. Bring us a taste of eternity. So for 2017, will you pray for God's kingdom to come? Would you pray that God's kingdom will come in the ministries of branches? Will you pray that God's kingdom will come in Warsaw? Would you pray that God's kingdom, his rule and reign, will come in your life? And would would you submit yourself to God's kingdom? If you pray for more of your kingdom, you'll get more of you. It's just that simple. If it's wrapped around you, you'll get more of you. If you pray for more of God's kingdom, you'll get more of God. So here's how we pray. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Your kingdom comes soon. And then we pray, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The will of God is the desire and plans of God. God's will is fully established in heaven. And we are asking him to establish it here on earth in the same way. And we're also praying for God's will to be done in our personal lives. Jesus, we saw a picture of how he, did, how he submitted to God's will. Right towards the end of his ministry, right before he was going to be betrayed and, and go spend the days being beaten and then ultimately hung on the cross, he went off to pray to God. And here's how he prayed. He said, Abba, Father. Remember that word Abba means papa or daddy? He was curling into his father's arms. He was saying, Oh God, oh Dad, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. He knew what was coming his way. And and the, the humanity of of Jesus was saying, Oh, do we really have to do this? Is this really have to be your plan? Is this really the will of what you have? Can can we do something else? Come on, Dad. There's got to be another way. And he says this, yet yeah, I want your will to be done, not mine. Jesus says, God, it's your will. It's your plan for me. It's what you want. And Jesus is our example of submitting our, our will to God. See, what happens here is that we I believe we have this kind of false gospel that we've taught to people. And this gospel says this. It says, hey, if you pray a prayer, Jesus will come and forgive you, and you could go to heaven. And I, there, there's truth to that, right? But the, this gospel says that you pray the prayer, you get that, that security, and then that's it. And this gospel teaches us that our relationship with God happens at the point of our death. That, oh, I've got eternal security. When I die, then I'm going to go spend eternity in heaven. But the, the message of the gospel of the kingdom of God says we submit our lives to God now and we let his will come into our life and we, we see what he's got planned for us and we walk that out here while we're on earth. And we see his kingdom come in our life here on earth. We've created a culture of followers of Jesus who don't actually follow Jesus. We say a prayer, we take that card and we stick it in our back pocket and we go on creating our own kingdom and our own wills for our life. We plan out our life. And when it's convenient, we'll pull that card out, and we'll ask God to come be a part of what we have planned. Hey, God, you know, I want to take that trip. Can you provide the cash? God, I want this. Can you do that? God, you know, we, we even get spiritual. We get sick. Oh, God, would you heal me right now? Oh, God, will you, will you, will you make this situation better? But we, don't, we ask God to come play a part in our plan, and we play that card. But the gospel of the, of the, the kingdom of God says that we come to Christ And we submit our lives to him. And he becomes number one in our life. And we seek for his will to be played out in our life. Again, how's your prayer wrapped around when it comes to asking God to play a part in your life or his will to be done in your life? Do you pray that the job that you need happens? Do you pray that the relationships get fixed in your life? Do you pray for the promotions, the houses, and the cars? Or is the first thing you pray is, God, what's your will for my life? Is what, is what I have planned right now in my life really what you want for me? Am I, am I walking in the plan and the will that you have for my life? God has a personal plan for each of our lives. Ephesians 2.10 says this, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things that he planned for us long ago. So will you make a commitment for 2017 to drop your will, to evaluate your plans, and to ask God's will to actually come and play a part in your life? Will you begin to pray that prayer? Psalms 37.4 says this, Take the light in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. John 15.7 if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask of anything you want, and it will be granted. Now, when we are praying for our will to be done, here's what we do. We drop the first part of all those verses, and we only ask for the second part. We don't take delight in the Lord, but we want him to give us the desires of our hearts. We don't commit to God, but we want him to make our plan succeed. We don't remain in him. But we want him to give us whatever we think we want. When we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, we are stepping into a relationship of allowing, of allowing God to be God in our life. And when we do that, when we delight in the Lord, when we commit to the Lord, when we remain in him, then the desires of our heart, the the plan for our our plans, what we want, start to align with what God has for us. Because as as we focus on Him, our will, our desires, our plans start to change for what and we start to discover what God has for us. So will you pray that in 2017? Now here's here's the here's what I believe is happening. I believe that some of us are sitting here and there's a resistance building up in us. There's this there's this something building up in us that's saying, if I would were to actually start praying, for God's kingdom to come in my life, if I was actually to start submitting to God's will for my life, I may have to drop some of my own plans. I may have to make some adjustments. I may have to make some changes. And frankly, I don't want to do that because the stuff I think I have planned is, is going to be cool. The stuff I have planned for my life is fun, is fulfilling. And we look at God's will and God's kingdom as kind of a consolation prize to following him. Oh... I'm a Christian, I'm supposed to do what God wants me to do. I'm supposed to walk ask God what he wants for my life. We look at it as 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 like as like freshman to varsity, as 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 lower lower class instead of recognizing that God has his will and his plan and we will be fulfilled in everything when we walk under that. Now it may not look like what you have in mind. It may not be that your bank account's full. It may not be that you drive a cool car, but you will have peace and contentment, and you will be walking in a plan that is fulfilling, and it's making a difference in this world. I, I first was introduced the idea of letting God be God in my life when I was about 17 years old. Here's confessions that my parents are going to hear. Like, so as an adult, have you ever confessed things to your parents as an adult, you think you can't get in trouble because you're an adult now? Here's, they're going to hear this for the first time, but <laughs> they're sitting in the back there. Um, so my youth pastor, we, you know, we live in Southern California. If you've heard of Cap- Campus Crusade for Christ, their, their like, national um, headquarters was perched on the mountains of Southern California. This big old white, used to be a massive hotel. My youth pastor took me to this hotel because they had a pool and it was open to people. It was their headquarters. And we sat by the pool, and he started to explain to me what it meant to let God be God and what it meant to follow Jesus. And, and, allow, and explain to me what it means to put God number one in my life. And then he simply said, Tom, do you want to do that? And I resisted. And here's why I resisted. That night, we had this, we had this window washing route where we washed um, Bob's Big Boys, if you ever heard of Bob's Big Boy, and another restaurant. And I would have to get in the car and leave my house about 6, and I would drive. It It was about three hours from the point, or about an hour, hour and a half or two hours, I guess, the furthest point away, and I'd wash the windows of all these different Bob's Big Boys. Well, the final boss, big boy, one of the waitresses I was kind of like hooking up with, and um, I was going to meet her that night after hours because I would do their, I'd end up washing their windows like at 12 or 1 in the morning. Just as they were closing, we were going to hang out. Um, we were going to pray and read the Bible, of course. But, um, <laughs> but I knew that if I said yes to, to allowing God to be God on the throne of my life, that that meeting was not going to happen that night. That meeting, I was going to have to say, "This not a relationship i, w- I didn 't have to ask God if this I knew it was't a relationship He wanted me to walk in, and there was a resistance that built up in me like, maybe i 'll do it tomorrow, maybe i 'll go off tonight and have my fun, and then tomorrow God could be God of my life and, and I could tell you i don 't think that meeting ever happened, okay? I, it, I, I tell you, I know it didn 't happen i don 't know that I submitted right there. But I know that there was a resistance because in my mind I started thinking about all the cool stuff that as a 17 year old I had planned over the next couple weeks or whatever and I knew that if I submitted to God those plans might change as I walked in in his will And, and and as I prepped this message I realized that that would be the case for some of us that some of us we have not asked God at all what his will is for our life we've we've just gone and planned our own plans and asked God hey Bless this. Be a part of that. God, will you, you know, will you take care of this when it's convenient? But really, we just make our own plans and do our own thing and hope that it all works out. And when we come into a place of praying this prayer, we are actually coming to a place of submitting on a greater level than we ever have. We're saying, God, your kingdom come means you rule and reign in here. Your power happens on this earth right now just like it's happening in heaven. Just as established as in heaven, we're asking you for, for it to happen right now. God, your will be done. Oh, I have to give up my will. I'm going to give that up, and I'm going to start to listen and hear for your guidance and walk in the will that you've given, that you have planned for me. And that could be a scary thing. That could be something that we, we may have to make some changes in our life. We may have to dump some stuff. We may have to say no to some things. We may have to cancel some things. We may have to pick up some stuff that we're not doing. But it's not a consolation. It's what what God's will is will bring peace, will bring fulfillment, will bring abundant life that Jesus talked about. Just like last week, we took two minutes to pray, verse 9, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. And I want to just take two minutes today to pray, Your kingdom come, your will be done. And so, yeah, Dave's going to come up, and he's just going to play the guitar. And here's what we're going to do. I'll start a t- stopwatch. And after a minute, I'll let you know that it's, a minute's gone by. And here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you to spend that time just asking God for his kingdom to come in your life. And that, what you're asking him is, God, will, will you come and rule and reign in my life? Will you be my king? Your world is is what I want to be under. I don't want my world to be established. And then when you pray, your will be done, you're asking God, God, how, how is my will, my plan for my life, you know your plan, how, how is that aligned with your plan for my life? And, and, and you may not have the answer to that. So you may have to say, God, what is your will for my life? And just start there. And just, You might have to pray that prayer for a week until you start to understand. A month, I don't know. God will speak to you, though. If you ask him, he'll speak to you. And then, so we're going to do that for two minutes. And then we're going to finish in worship. And then once we're dismissed, that time, if you want to come up and get prayed for, if, if you want prayer for physical healing, we believe God still heals. We it may sound weird, but we believe God's still God. So if you want to come, we'll, we'll just ask God to heal, heal whatever, whatever's taking place in your body. If you, if you need some emotional healing, if you need God just to come and meet you at whatever level, you could come up to the front after we dismiss and, uh, and get prayed for. If you... I'm just going to toss this on the table. If you have heard this message, and it doesn't mean a thing to you because you've never taken that first step of saying yes to Jesus, where you just said, oh, I, I need to come into a relationship with God. He, he, he wants to have a relationship with me. Then we could pray for you, and, and you, could, you could talk to God about being your, being your God, being your Father. You could, you could, you could experience Jesus, Jesus' love. And we want to pray for you. So that's what that time is for. So, so let's just spend two minutes, and I'll start the clock here. And so the first thing you're going to do is just pray, God, may your kingdom come. And then when you're ready, not you don't have to wait for the full minute to go by, but you'll then pray where your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we'll just start that. And then we'll take those two minutes. We'll tag them, stack them on top of our Father in heaven. May, may your name be kept holy. And so each day I'm going to ask that you would pray four minutes, that you up your game with God and and set aside four minutes to pray verse 9 and 10 through this week, okay? So let's go ahead and pray. one minute. that's two minutes. I think we'll wrap up there. You go ahead and stand with me. So in our quest to to take what we've been talking about and reading about and singing about, about loving God, actually loving God, being people that love God, we've entered into this these tools that Jesus teaches and and verse 9 and 10 is what we've dealt with next week's 11 I'm really excited about next week give us the food we need I'm excited about how God's just unwrapped that for me as I as I've prepared and I'm excited to share it but just would you make that commitment that you're gonna actually love God in 2017 if maybe you've already been walking in a in a relationship with him and 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 you've you've got this figured out you you have a loving intimate committed relationship with God but if you haven't or if you want to up your game take these tools that Jesus gives us and start praying them and see see what takes place in your life see see how God starts to to meet you at the place where you need to be met see how God starts to Starts to speak and, and work in you, and how that starts to change, and, and how you start to see the peace of walking walking with the Father. Okay, so so we're going to wrap up with a song, and then once the song's over, you're you're going to be dismissed, and you could go out and, and Don't forget to sign up for for a life group if you already know what you want to what group you want to be a part of, and then those that want to continue here, and if you may just need to sit and finish. Go on for another two minutes, or, or continue to speak with God. You just may need to want to sit and just uh, just experience worship a little bit more. You may want to come up and get prayed for. That time will happen after that. Okay. So Father, we we just as your as your children, as your sons and daughters, God, we love you, and God, we we just are committed to not just talk about loving you, but to to actually love you. So Lord, I know you will meet us at the place that we're at. God, in, in the journey that we're at, I, I, God, you are faithful. And so, Father, would you, would you encourage each person that is committing to you right now? Would you, would you, would you just give them an encouragement to know that, that this is your will for their life, to, to walk in relationship with you. And God, we do this for your glory, for your kingdom, in Jesus' name.